one of the things you got to figure out is what's the outcome of the traffic and is it mm. good traffic or bad traffic? Because if it's bad traffic, to your point, and it totally ruins your conversion rate, you're yeah. going to down your overall vibe on Amazon. We are Michael Vizi in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. Today's sponsor is Eva, the best Amazon stock management tool. How much has going out of stock cost you over the lifetime of your business? And what is it going to cost you this Q4? Eva predicts precisely what stock you need. It learns from your account and it improves constantly. Eva serves hundreds of private label seven-figure sellers. To get a 15-day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Internal traffic coming to your Amazon product listing is a very on-trend thing to talk about. And in this episode, we are going to break it down. Is it all it's cracked up to be? Or... Should we skip over it and just stick to traffic strategies on Amazon itself? Michael, are you ready to jump into this great topic? Absolutely ready. Yes. I, I feel a bit bad in the sense that we're talking about something with a bit of a view to, in many cases, not doing it, which has a bit of an odd thing to say. But the reason mm. I've raised this topic is because in the real world, I see this a lot. I spoke to a guy even just yesterday who's an American seller who I've done some one-to-one -one consulting with, who's using external traffic, in my opinion but in a way that is not going to get his objective. And I've seen that quite a lot recently with the mastermind, six, seven figure sellers who one would think might know more. It turns out they do a lot of stuff. They put a lot of faith in external traffic. And yet some super smart people I know in the Amazon universe are doing a lot of external traffic plays that make sense. So I think really this is the main purpose of today's episode is to help really ask the question, should I use external traffic and some basic questions to ask and some strategy level thinking, I can't give you the latest TikTok strategies because that's not my expertise. The best place for that would be listen to the interviews I do on the 10K Collective podcast. I love this topic, man, because it is a really interesting question because there's a lot of variables. And so I think it's worthy of a deep dive conversation. Of course, I love all things traffic. My Nine Mountains of Traffic book was all about this topic and I'm destination agnostic in terms of where traffic gets sent to. But of course, there is a lot of strategy at that part of the question. And I think this just this question of whether you should or shouldn't get external traffic to your Amazon listing, I think it's more complicated than it first appears. And it takes a little bit of wisdom or discernment to figure out, is this a good play for you? And if so, how can you do it and know that you're doing it well? But yeah, let's jump into it, man. What are your thoughts on how to outline this? So then the first thing is really basic, but I see a lot of people just completely skipping this step. So we have to revisit, which is, what are you trying to achieve? Clarifying your objectives. I think the first thing is I see a lot of mismatch between what people are trying to do and what external traffic will and won't do. And there's a lot of limitations. So the first thing is be realistic. And the first, very first point is trying to treat an Amazon listing like direct to consumer site is a massive mistake. You can't really drive external traffic directly to an Amazon listing with external traffic and expect to make a profit. That's the first thing to say. It's a different universe because you can't upsell, downsell or cross sell in the way that you could do your own Shopify sites. And you can't on Amazon directly capture a lead in order to, for example, take it into an email nurture sequence over the next six, 12 months. 
it, can you treat Amazon like a direct to consumer, uh, selling system? It is direct to consumer. A, Amazon is selling the item. It's this channel that, that's direct to consumer. So it is in fact direct to consumer through the Amazon system. The, they're the seller of record, of course, uh, you're the provider of the product. That's, that is a little bit different than let's say a pure wholesale or where you're just working through a distributor. So I think there's nuance at that level. Let but, me clean up my language then. It's not your own store. Yeah. You don't control the yeah. flow of the customer once they get there. That's, that's what I true. guess I was trying to say. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's right. true. Yeah. Okay. So assumption and a little bit number two to just pick on continue to pick up the thread. You absolutely can send traffic to Amazon profitably. The question is, what's your cost of traffic and what's your cost of goods for your product in Amazon? So if you, so, so it's way over generalized to say you can't make it profitable because let's just say you've got a 17 times margin on your product. You buy it for a dollar and you sell it for $17 or whatever multiple about you, you want to extrapolate out. There's tons of margin there to make a profit. If it's a three times markup that you're operating on, you're not going to make money no matter what you do. <laughs> so you won't be profitable with the two or three times regardless. So I, that certainly has to come into the consideration. If you've got a product that because of your unique opportunity in the world or your domination of some special source or something like that, you've got crazy margins, then you've got the makings of sending traffic from anywhere you want in the world to that product in making it profitably done. So I think there's a big question mark there is what types of products are actually possible to, to make a profit on inside Amazon or with external traffic either way. So just a few thoughts if that provokes any counter yeah, argument. I agree, by the way, it was a massive generalization. I suppose what I should have said is I've never seen somebody do it successfully. That doesn't necessarily mean there aren't people out there okay. doing it. You're quite right. It just comes down yeah. to the maths. Yeah. But I would say the maths are fairly brutal. If you this is one of the simple things that I was saying to this guy yesterday. I was advising, so he's spending about 5% of his revenue on Google ads. And he was saying, I'm just running at break even. I really want to make a profit or I'm going to just sell this business. So I said, okay, before you try and sell a business, which is hard to sell without any profit for starters, have you considered getting rid of your Google ads for the moment? Because it's very hard to traffic to convert in the same level as Amazon. Let's put it this way. Sure, yeah. If the numbers yeah. stack up, you're quite right. It, it could work. You're completely correct. I, I don't know many people who sign. Sell at a 17 times markup. That may be part of the secret. You're completely correct. Yeah. I do. Yeah. So that's different. why we have a different perspective from your experience. Yeah. Totally makes sense. But I would say that on Amazon, you have shoppers and that's it. Whereas on the window shoppers, sometimes they don't always mm -hmm. buy, but they've got a shopping, a buying intent. Whereas on Google, obviously you have surface shoppers and seekers. So people yeah. who are just surfing around for entertainment. And obviously these days on, on social media, that's a lot of what happens as well. You got yeah. people are looking for an answer to a question. What's the best inflammatory mm -hmm. cream for my legs or something like that? And then best anti-inflammatory cream, very specific person, very specific type of thing. So buyer type keywords. So okay. to get yeah. the same buying intent from external traffic is going to be hard. So to get the yeah. profit, it's going to be much harder. Let me put a more nuanced version out there. Yes. Those are, so it, to make money on the internet is hard. Like, yes, <laughs> it, it's definitely hard. And so then the, let's just say though, that you're in the elite group that actually has good margin and you're on Amazon and you're making good money and you say to yourself, Hey, how do I make it even better? Then, then the debate in your mind is, should I go get traffic off of TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and Google AdWords and send it all to my Amazon listings? Because that's where you've got your home base of sales velocity. Or would you send it to your own Shopify site, for example? 
That to me is the interesting question in that situation. Now, there's reasons to send it to Amazon, which you could sort through. And I think that's what some of your the line of thinking is here for this conversation is in what case would you send traffic to Amazon externally? And uh, all things being equal, if it's, if it's profitable, it does give you options. The person who has profitable products has options. A person who can acquire traffic profitably or for a low cost that's buying, buying customers or buying prospects, but those people have options. So anyway, I guess not to muddy the waters too much, but I would just say those are some distinctions. If you have a profitable product and if you can acquire reasonably uh, affordably for you and still make money, then what should you do? Should you send it to Amazon? Yeah, it's a good point. So I guess the, what my summary of what you're saying is really to remember that it's two sides of the cost of acquiring the customer versus the profit. If you want to put it, that's not so much lifetime customer value as a revenue number, but the profit margin, I guess the gross profit margin, right? And if that's big enough, then you have a heck of a lot more leeway to be a bit inefficient with your ad spend, but still make a profit. So you're absolutely bang on. And I guess if you're moving in the universe to people with 17 times markup, then they have a whole lot of leeway. So to simplify this down, I think one of the things that I see, again, this sounds like a, a statement of something very simple, and hopefully this is a simple enough point to be something where we can help people. If you have a revenue-only target, that is to say you want to increase sales, which people say to me, they don't even necessarily define whether it's unit sales or revenue. They're hoping for burn. You're going to get what you wish for if you obsess about that. And then what they normally meant when they come, you know, often people come to me or voice things in the mastermind, it, these are normally earlier stage sellers, but not always super early stage, like mid six figures I've seen. And they'll mm-hmm. say, why haven't got, I got any profit? And to which my response is, I don't know how to put this politely, but you prioritize revenue. So that's why you have revenue. May right. I suggest we prioritize profit at this point, normally mm-hmm. to which they're very agreeable at that point. So it sounds like an obvious thing to say, but this even more basic point is if you don't make a profit target, you probably won't end up with profit, especially in my experience when you're using external traffic, because partly while you were just saying, generally speaking, it's going to be a lot harder to make profits. Another way to say what you re repackage, what you just said is if you're not profitable, but you have revenue, you're overspending. Duh. <laughs> you, you're clearly, if you've got some revenue coming in the door, I don't care if it's a thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars a day, a week, a month, it doesn't matter. If you're not profitable, you're overspending. And so then the question is, where are you overspending? And that's really what it comes down to is how do you make sure that you're running in the green or the black, if you could say, not in the red. So I think that makes sense. I think there's a most, the most obvious use case for why you would send external traffic to your Amazon listings. And I've seen our clients and our coaching consulting work do it is because they've exhausted the amount of traffic they can get inside Amazon. It's kind of like an obvious thing, but if you're already, let's say you're just number one in your bestseller rank for your sub niche on Amazon, great to be you. Congratulations. And let's say, let's say you're spending money in AMS ads and you've got a positive ROAS. Your return on ad spend is a positive integer and things are good for you. That's still going to be a capped. There's an altitude you can climb to. In that system, let's just say, let's say you found all the buyers that are showing up on Amazon and they want your certain kind of widget. Can you imagine if that was actually possible? But let's say it was, then in that case, what do you do? And the answer is so simple. It's go find people on Google AdWords that want the same thing and send them to your Amazon listing. So I think that's the most important thing to think about is have you exhausted the amount of traffic inside Amazon? Then you want to go look for more other places. I don't know if that resonates with you, what your thought is on that or 100%, yeah, 
you've yeah, and again, that that's an extremely well put, and I think there's a that's a very very good reason to to consider external traffic and to investigate it thoroughly. What I find a lot of the time is that people have not done what you just said, which is exhausted what they can do on traffic on Amazon. They often do the opposite. They're ranking very badly on Amazon, and instead of working out why that might be and trying to solve questions like is your pricing not quite right, the market is your yep. is the messaging including videos and images yep. on your listing not converting as well as it could. Have you really done mm -hmm. an incredibly thorough job of working out which keywords are winnable and targeting those? Yes. and including your PPC as well. So all of those things, conversion rate optimization and, in, and Amazon PPC, where people are much more likely, in my experience anyway, to be shoppers than searches and therefore can to I, buy. That's, can that's, I just that's share, what I maximize, please. Can I share a real example? Okay, this is from my own list of products on Amazon. I know you didn't think I had any, but I do. I do in the books, the books, I've got the books. So here's an example. I've got this book for our charity called We Are So Powerful. Now in any given day of the year, it might be residing in the top 100 BSRs in the charity and nonprofit subcategory on Amazon. In the, let's just say it's in the bottom of the pack. It's maybe from the 40th best in the BSRs to 100th best. It's generally on the list and it's generally there. I've run AMS ad campaigns inside Amazon to, and tried to spend some money and they'll fail. I mean, it'll be a negative ROAS. So then what happens is I'll use my email list and I'll do some kind of focused promotion. Like the last one I did, just to be very specific, was about a week and a half ago. I said to everybody, hey, everybody on my list. And I got 26,000 people on my list for our charity. And I said, hey, everybody, um, our We Are So Powerful book on Amazon has 92 reviews. And I sure would love to get it to 100 reviews. So if you haven't reviewed it yet, would you please, and you liked it and you read it, go give us a review on Amazon. And if you haven't picked up a copy yet, then, you know, here's the link. And wouldn't you know that thing shot straight to number two and um, in the bestseller ranks. And so for a few days, it was number two. And I marketed and did a few other things because I was like, man, it could be number one. But then what happens, and this has happened for years now, so I know the pattern, it will decline in the bestseller ranks. It'll be number 12 for a while, then it'll be number 19, then it'll be number 36. And then here it is today. I just looked this morning and it's like number 67 out of a hundred. Um, and so what does that tell me as the marketer? It tells me what you exactly just said, Michael, which is the description isn't tuned up enough. Maybe that's the title of the book. Maybe it's the bullet points. Maybe it's the, the reviews and testimonials. Those things in and of themselves is not keeping it cooked in at number one. And so I have to use external traffic to boost it, but that won't be sufficient to keep it there. And it's a really, really important thing to think about is like, what are the elements on the Amazon product listing itself that will make it number one by itself? And if you obsess over that more, then everything else will be easier afterwards. Sorry, long-winded example. But no, it's a great example. I think what you say is an extremely important point. And this is something I say so often, it's hopefully, I say it's hopefully a broken record by now because I want people to hear it so often they get it, which is, you should obsess about conversion rate optimization before worrying about sending traffic, period. <laughs> particularly if you're paying for traffic and oh my goodness, particularly if you're paying for off Amazon traffic, because the conversion rates, generally speaking, and yes, it will vary, are going to be a lot lower. So if you haven't home deal optimization and you can't make a return on investment from Amazon ads, you're really going to struggle with other paid ads. Now you mentioned another thing, which I was going to put a bit later as a more sophisticated Thing, which is using external tra traffic to build a list, an email list or any other form of lead nurturing, which I think is by far the best way of putting it. 
Alone, let me put it in simple, I suppose, with a sort of Amazon seller in the Amazon seller bubble mindset. The first thing I would say, everyone's always obsessing about launching and correctly so, because we have the cold start problem, Amazon. I think once you've honed your game on using the on Amazon tools, conversion rate optimization and really aggressive ad spend, if you're in a competitive market, which many of us are, that is a good time. That's the first place I would say you're going to get a good return on investment from your external traffic. Now, when I say return, I want to be very clear when I'm launching, if I'm doing it on behalf of a client for myself, or if I'm advising a client, I would always say your aim is to gain market share. That's a revenue-based metric. You will actually lose money. You will lose profit for that period. So you have to account for that in your overall profit and loss analysis on that product over the next year or so. Mm -hmm. If you don't care about profit for the moment, because you're trying to gain rank or in an Amazon way of looking at it, or market share in a more broad business way of looking at it, I think that's when throwing everything at it, rather like the boosters that you put on a SpaceX launch, which then get disposed mm -hmm. of within the first 90 seconds. That's a time when I think it's more legitimate to be pretty aggressive. And even if you're somewhat inefficient, but it gets you up the ranking, if it's going to stick to your point, then it's worth doing. Yeah, two thoughts there. Email marketing is the original and best form of internet marketing. It's just hands down the best. And, you know, so building an email list in whatever way you can in support of your business is absolutely the smart thing to lean into, regardless of whether you sell on Amazon or eBay or Etsy or Mercado Libre or OfferUp or your own Shopify site. It does not matter. Figure out how to build a list in support of your work and it'll be helpful. So yeah, I totally agree on that. And it's so true. Um, th this is the most important thing I think to think through is it's this whole launch idea. An email list, of course, is a huge asset in that regard. So it's a social following and obviously the mechanics of knowing how to do paid ads. Those are in some, in summary, those are the broad strokes of internet marketing opportunity, organic socials, paid, you know, placements around the internet and broadcast, which would be email and text marketing. Those are the, that's the whole universe of internet marketing opportunity, really. There's a lot of subcategories under each one of those. But so I think those, those are the tools to use. But I think to go back to your comment about the outline we're talking about here, the launch of a Amazon product. Absolutely. But I, I guess my question for you would be if you are launching a product on Amazon, which would you say people should lean into first? The Amazon marketing ad, I call it AMS. I don't know what the new name is Amazon ads or external traffic. Will you prioritize Amazon ads first? Uh, absolutely, 100% prioritize Amazon yeah. ads first for a few simple reasons. First of all, people don't have to change platforms, so there's less kind of resistance there. But of all, Amazon's created a place where they have their credit cards on file and people trust Amazon and the conversion rates are very high. And people tend to go on Amazon with a much higher buying intent than any other platform online that I can think of in e-commerce anyway, unless you have an incredible Shopify site or something. So yeah, so I would say 100% Amazon ads. And to the point you made earlier, I don't want to gloss over that. I think. Until you have exhausted the stuff you can do on Amazon, I think it's premature to go off Amazon. Once you've done that, as you say, if you're doing well on Amazon, that's a good reason to reach externally. The only thing I would say there is if you already have an existing email list, particularly of buyers, unless you're over emailing them offers or something, then it, that's a great, you might as well put the offer out there because just as your audience responded really well, any of, of prior buyers or people who are very closely associated with you, your company or your brand are much more likely to buy. So if you have that email list already, it's a no-brainer to use it. Question mark comes more about the Google Ads side, I think, or already paid ads because yeah, you know, totally. the economics are harder to make work, as we discussed earlier. Depends yeah. on the margin of your pro pro products. One thing I would say is just to protect your Amazon ranking. The irony is I've seen people try to 
boost their Amazon ranking as in the, the SEO ranking on Amazon of their product for certain keywords by using Google ads and they crater the conversion rate to something ridiculous, 0.01%. So the way to get around that mm-hmm. is to consider an interstitial page, which is one in between where you say Google ads for the best, whatever it is, 50% off a face cream or something. And then a page where you give out the coupon code and then have a link forwards to Amazon. So that's quite important to protect the conversion rate data on Amazon, which Amazon really judges you on. Um, mm-hmm. I had just never thought of that before. That's yeah, true. really important. The, the other thing I would say is that people naturally want to get as much bang for the buck as they can. And I understand this, but they will try and get an interstitial page where they capture somebody's email and then send them onto Amazon. And in theory, that makes sense uh, of the money you've spent. You get a lead out of it. And in theory, you get somebody going to Amazon, but normally it doesn't work very well if you have two calls to action. So I would say you've got to either decide if you're building an email list for the longer term, or if you think of shorter term, simpler kind of funnels, you'd simply sending it to an interstitial page, probably giving them a coupon code to increase the likelihood mm-hmm. they buy, and then straight on to Amazon. So I think it's one or the other in my experience. Yeah, it doesn't work very well either just because of the law of the large numbers you're working with. If you send 100 people to an interstitial page, only let's just say 5% of them will click through to the Amazon page. So yeah. you've got this stack, the stacking of negative throughput. Yes. Your ad's going to have a throughput to your interstitial page, your landing page. And then that page is going to have a throughput to your Amazon product. And those are like super fractional fits. So it's, it's going to yes. really be ugly. So that's the downside of trying to do it. it Let is. me mention it's one other, probably, yeah, one other methodology that you could use though, if you're using external traffic sources that will make sense for this is you could always use like a bit.ly link or a, a short link. And in that way, you wouldn't be capturing their email, but you would be pixeling them. And then you would also know what volume is coming through that link because that's the other problem with external traffic is let's just say you spend a hundred dollars on Google AdWords and you drive all that traffic to Amazon. You don't actually know what happened. You don't, you don't have that much analytics inside of Amazon. I don't think maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's starting to improve actually the Amazon attribution. It is not something I've dug deep into, so I can't give you just investing it by my understanding is if you set it up correctly that you can actually get much, much better attribution than you used to. So you make a very important oh, point about attribution. Yeah. So if you use like your attribution link or you could have in the olden days, or just, you could still do it using affiliate, your own affiliate link. Oh uh, yeah. I so can't that remember you what the latest is. Sorry about that, but yeah. Yeah. So you, in a sense, you can track inside with Amazon's tools. But to my point, I guess that's one of the things you got to figure out is what's the outcome of the traffic and is it mm-hmm. good traffic or bad traffic? Because if it's bad traffic, to your point, and it totally ruins your conversion rate. You're yeah. going to down your overall vibe on Amazon. Down uh, their feeling yeah. your product. Yeah. Absolutely. And also that which is inefficient is also like completely wasteful of your money. Hey folks, I thank you for listening today to the show. Hopefully that sparked some debate in your mind, at least around the question of Amazon external traffic. If you haven't been thinking about it, maybe you now think considering as an option. Most importantly, if you have been considering spending a lot of money in it in one form or other, whether that's paid ads or a lot of money to generate Google SEO articles, then it's good to reconsider sometimes. So the first question's really what you're trying to achieve. Make sure you don't set false expectations for it. And can it be profitable? The discussion we had today does depend on your cost of goods sold and your profit margins, of course. Make sure you're targeting profit if you actually want profit to come out of the system. It's not built in. If you just increase revenue, that doesn't guarantee any increase in profits. In fact, often the reverse. Um, 
And really thinking about the launch use case for Amazon sellers is, I think, the most helpful thing. And thinking about making sure you actually achieve your objective of ranking your product better on Amazon through organic SEO with a boost from external traffic. How critical is the conversion rate at any given point? It depends when you're listening to this episode. Amazon seems to go through waves where it will reward or punish Amazon sellers for sending external traffic and the quality of that traffic. Broadly speaking, Amazon loves external traffic. And in November 2022, at the time of recording, they love external traffic. So they might be slightly less fussy than at other times about the conversion rate. But either which way, you want to make sure you are sending quality traffic to any website. And that definitely includes Amazon if you want to use it to boost the ranking on Amazon. I hope that makes sense. There's quite a lot that goes into this. We haven't dived into any of the tactics or how do I do specific things like TikTok ads, Facebook ads, Google ads, or any of the specifics. We have covered the external traffic sources, the nine mantas of traffic, as Jason calls it. So if you want to check out an overview of that and each individual mountain, as it were, each individual tra traffic channel, then do check out the book, Nine Mantas of Traffic by Jason Miles, of course. And I do check out our other places as well other episodes i should say on the podcast final thing to say is if you are an amazon seller and you want to check whether in fact what you're doing makes sense in general which may include external traffic but more generally about your amazon business i'm offering a free 20 minute audit i'll spend a bit of time doing some homework so i'll send you an email in advance it's free and if you can get that by going to amazingfba.com forward slash amazon audit so it's a very long url amazingfba.com forward slash amazon audit and just look for amazon audit click on that in my calendar and book a time in if that helps you thanks so much for listening to the e-commerce leader look forward to seeing you in the next show that was the e-commerce leader podcast with michael Vizi in london england and jason miles in seattle washington if you liked this content don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app for free resources including pdfs and videos on topics like traffic products and sales channels just go to www.theecommerceleader.com no hyphens just as it sounds thanks so much for listening